Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. First Twitter spaces in a while. I'd start cranking these up a bit more now with news kind of coming out even more spring practice on the horizon all these recruiting visits taking place recruiting calendar getting ramped up okay just break down episodes about offense and defense the last couple of weeks so plenty out there that we've been able to talk about in this new era of florida football i think we're already just a look at some pure football That'll be starting in a couple weeks. March 15th will be the first spring practice date for Billy Napier and the Gators in his first year. And we uh, we did get an email yesterday uh, on the media side. There will be 15 minutes of practice open to uh, the media. So, you know, 15 minutes is not a lot. We'll be able to gleam a whole lot out of that. And that's, that's by design, of course. But uh, there'll be some out there. Uh, more so than we got last year, of course, right? No, we, <laughs> Dan Mullen and, and that staff just live streaming a whole bunch of stuff for, for practice and all that. But at least now we get some eyes on their uh, – so our own eyes on, on practice a bit. And like I said, only 15 minutes. So it might be different portions of practice all throughout the – I think it was 14, 15 practices. I think it's 14 practices and then 15th is the game itself. Uh, so, of course, at least we'll get our eyes on uh, that ourselves and not necessarily a controlled angle uh, that we were getting last year in the past. But, yeah, plenty to talk about. Don't be shy. These Twitter spaces are for you guys. And to have a conversation with me right here, I'll uh, record this, put it up on YouTube version uh, later on, podcast version as well. So if you don't catch the whole thing while you're in here, you can go back and listen to it. But, everybody, right now, thanks for hopping in and getting in here. And uh, we can take this pretty much wherever you guys want to. As I said, kind of the title of this, we talked about Napier's offense last week on Gators Breakdown. We talked about Tony's defense this week on the podcast and then all these recruiting visits coming up as well. Busy, busy time here. So let me start with Rashad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean, how you doing, man? Just unmute your mic. It looks like if you need to speak, want to speak, and 
we'll get this going. But until then, hello. There we go. Hey man. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Nothing. I just wanted to come on here and just speak speak some things. Yeah. I just, you know, huge Gator fan here. <laughs> yeah, uh, exciting time right now. Yes, I'm ready for the season to start myself. What you looking forward to? Just us getting ready for football. I'm just ready for the season to start. I've been waiting for a while now. What you want to see? Uh, what you want to see this spring? I just want to see them boys working hard and just know that they just want football and just hope they're ready. And just focus and have that ability of going out there on the field every day and just putting in work every day. <laughs> yeah, the, the the work is definitely going to be uh, different than what it was uh, in, in the past. Just, uh, they, there is a culture change going on, a lot more accountability going on, and I think a lot more camaraderie as well uh, between these guys and you know, some of the different events that uh, even the coaching staff uh, is even involved in. And I see Gator Jen in here too, but you know, the Gator Collective being – part of that too there was this big offensive lineman uh relationship ribs uh event there with shannon snell and look the coaches didn't have to show up right, right. stapleton and and sale they go those guys didn't have to show up but they showed up and uh wanted to be around their players in that certain environment you know that was just a players event the players the coaches didn't have to be there so uh you know you can start seeing look, we, and look can we make too much out of those things of course we can but it also is nice to see uh with this change with this transition that you see uh, you know the coaches and the, and the players having a good relationship, accountability too. I mean, look, they're probably wrapping up a, a or getting started right now a, a mandatory team breakfast every morning. Team has oh, to yeah. meet. Oh yeah, yeah. Team mm-hmm. team meets every morning now. That's the big change. Uh, getting there and like, it's not even about football uh, when they meet and get together for stuff like that. So uh, it's just uh, getting a better relationship between staff and players that this is, wasn't necessarily there before. I was not to say they didn't have a relationship uh, with the previous staff, but uh, this is about learning about each other and, and a, a little more personal connection than what they maybe had in the past. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And those things that go a long way. You know, if you if you care about the people around you, you'll play for them harder just a bit. So. That's what, that's, what, that's what you hope comes out of it. Yes, sir. All right, man, anything else? No, sir. I think I'm all good. I think, like you said, I hope that, you know, like I said, they do probably meet up every morning for breakfast and talk about some stuff, I think, and I'm just ready for some football. <laughs> yeah, man, that's about it. Yeah, we can uh, we kind of have to get creative this time of year to kind of <laughs> keep things going. But, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, but football on the horizon in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. All right, Rashad. Thanks, man. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, speaking of all that, yeah, visits this week, of course, uh, have already happened for the Gators. March 1st was when recruits were able to be back on campus. You know, the calendar changes and recruits, communication can start ramping up again. Eugene Wilson, kind of the highlight so far, four-star athlete, receiver, uh, took a visit to Gainesville this week and was a Gator fan growing up. Uh, Florida was like they did a really good job out there of you know making themselves of, or putting themselves in position, I would say, for a uh, possible commitment. Don't necessarily know a timeline win or whatever, but you know, good, our good buddy Corey Bender there at uh, Gators Online, he, he 
predicted that that one would happen uh, at some point. I believe Wilson's going to visit Alabama and Georgia coming up as well. So, and look, it's funny there. The recruiting services are kind of different on Wilson. I believe it's on three who's much higher on him than 24-7, but we'll see what happens. You know, all, all these rankings will change so much. But you're, you're going to go visit Alabama. You're going to go visit Georgia coming up as well. Uh, that lets me know there's some serious interest in the big-time schools uh, there. So Eugene Wilson probably – Maybe on commit watch uh, at some point coming up in the coming days, coming weeks there. Uh, and then yesterday, of course, Trent Whittemore's little brother, Creed Whittemore, on campus visiting the Gators. Um, probably, uh, Farnes probably got some guys higher up on the board there, but, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, I think, how that one shakes out, how that one plays out. But uh, I would believe uh, could get Whittemore in a fold, you know, if they really, really wanted to at some point. But then here we go, starting today, March 3rd, you start getting the more of the recruits in numbers start coming up on campus. And really, Jacksonville is really uh, going to be on focus today with a lot of these visits. Jordan Hall, Sharif Denson, Trayon Webb, all from Jacksonville, will be making the track to Gainesville. That'll be today. Uh, so you hope uh, there you get you, you kind of hit the 904 area pretty hard. Uh, and Trayon Webb, that's the interesting Recruitment there, uh, he's even come out and admitted, and look, no surprise to us, that communication much different with this staff than the last staff. But uh, even with this staff, and completely excusable for this staff, you know, he said you know, it, took a, it took a second uh, for the, even the communication, but this class was really focused on putting the finishing touches on that 2022 class before they really focused and show or shifted focus to that 23 class. Uh, with Trayon Webb, you know, released uh, his top schools. I believe it was – Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody can, can – I think he released a top eight or something like that, and Florida wasn't on it. And as soon as the new staff saw that, it was like, okay, well, we, we got some work to do here. So the communication, everything started ramping up after that. And believe me, if I think if he was to make the top schools list right now, Florida would probably be probably on it. If he wanted to keep it at eight, probably Florida would be the ninth uh, right now, uh, getting into the mix there for the Trinity Christian running back there in Jacksonville. So the communication really ramping up there uh, for Trayon Webb, one of the top running backs in the country. Also, Jordan Hall, Sharif Jensen, as I said, will also be visiting from from Jacksonville today as well. So big, big Jacksonville focus today. That goes into the weekend as well as big-time linebacker Grayson Howard from Andrew Jackson in, Jackson, uh, in Jacksonville will be making uh, the trip as well this coming up weekend on Saturday. So big uh, Jacksonville focus coming up in the next couple of days on the recruiting trail, but then also you got big time. Everybody's got their eyes on Keon Keeley, another Dame commit there. He, grew, he said he, him, himself as well. He grew up a Gator fan. Uh, Florida's going to have some work to do, you know, of course, to get that flip there to Notre Dame commit. He still really likes Notre Dame, but I think believe from that Tampa area there maybe – to get him to stay close to home, I think these, that's definitely one to watch there. Uh, the five-star edge rusher, of course, of course, you'd love to get him in the fold. Uh, Samuel M, uh, Samuel Mpemba, another athlete there from IMG, uh, will be making his way to campus this week as well. Offensive lineman Peyton Kirkland, uh, big-time four-star edge rusher, de- defensive lineman Derek LeBlanc. Also, another offensive lineman, Najee Harris uh, from – I believe, right off the top of my head, I believe he's the IMG kid as well. I could be wrong on that, but you're trying to remember where all these kids are, uh, are from. But um, there we go. I mean, big, big visit list from the last couple of days, today, coming up this weekend. I mean, there's just so many names 
now. And don't get me, don't get me wrong. You know, the last staff had big names on campus as well. No, I don't think they had maybe this in numbers is what we're seeing right now. I have to kind of go back and look. I mean, there were some exciting recruiting visit weekends uh, that were happening under the last staff as well. But, of course, well, this is the foundation. Yeah, and we'll have to see where the closing part of this comes into play. We know that was, <laughs> as I said, the last staff didn't necessarily, maybe not in numbers, but they didn't necessarily have trouble getting the top guys on campus. It's just you maybe felt good right after the visit, but they just never were able to seem to close. And that's just the difference we'll have to see uh, with this staff. And maybe maybe you can close early. Maybe you can get some of these guys who are not even looking to commit in the spring. Maybe you impress them so much that they can't hold off. They can't wait to be a Gator. You get their commitment in the fold. But a lot of these guys, a lot of these big-time four-star, five-stars, the guys that you're going to be in battles with Georgia and Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State, and all those schools like that, they're going to take this to distance. They're going to take this – uh, all the way to early signing day, all the way to national signing day. So, you know, this is your first chance to build that foundation, your first chance to make an impression with a lot of these guys, and that'll go a long way. But, we, you know, the, the big difference we will have to see between this staff, previous staff, is can they close. So you hope they close early. You hope they get this. And, of course, the commitments or either commitments right now don't necessarily mean you stop recruiting, of course. You have to stay on top of these guys. Uh, but more so than not, when guys commit, they most of the time stay – uh, when they commit, you put yourself in position to to kind of win that battle. But we all know the commitments do happen. But you most of the time you get them in the fold early. You keep them there to the end. So big chance at least starting now this weekend for Florida and a lot of these big names. But yeah, I mean coming coming through the visit list. I mean, probably one of the biggest surprises coming up, and I think it's maybe surprised just a bit, uh, Dante Moore, the, the quarterback out of Michigan, five-star quarterback there. We all talk about Arch Manning and Chris Mazzina uh, as the two main quarterbacks there, but Florida's going to get Dante Moore, five-star quarterback on campus uh, March 18th, I think it is. Uh, so another five-star quarterback that you're going to be able to get on campus and hope maybe maybe you, you're pressing him enough there to where he'll want to make the track down from Michigan to Gainesville to, to, to dress in the orange and blue uh, for the Gators. you got four-star offensive lineman Roger Kearney, also March 18th there from up here in Jacksonville, Orange Park area. But I think the big news that came out late yesterday, so this has been late Wednesday night, Tony Mitchell, five-star cornerback that Florida's in great shape for, says he's going to visit March 19th, March 20th weekend. And i tell you what, the big important part of that one, you get him to visit the same weekend as five-star cornerback Kamani McLean, five-star cornerback A.J. Harris. All three of those guys will be on campus together March 19th weekend. Ooh, talk about uh, talk about the weekend. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you're going to want to impress every weekend, but that weekend right there, I mean, Florida is in the mix for all three of those cornerbacks. Florida would probably be in all three of those guys' top two or three schools, big chance to make an impression, big chance to get those guys around each other, maybe, maybe sell them on all playing together there. <laughs> that would be something if you could be uh, – don't get me wrong, I don't, think, I don't think Florida pulls all three of them. Uh, hopefully Florida pulls at least one of them 
Uh, but you get all those guys together right there. I tell you what, that could that that could that could, you could get some magic right there. You could get those guys together, talk about playing with each other, talking about you know really coming back and, and or making Florida DBU, making that moniker mean something again at Florida. Come play under Corey Raymond. So I think uh, good move in Florida. I, I don't think that's by mistake either. I think that's by design. Luckily, it worked out that way where it would work out. All three of those guys could come at the same time. But getting Mitchell, McLean, and Harris all on campus together, I think that uh, speaks to some kind of plan <laughs> this staff's probably putting together uh, right there. So really, really uh, like that move by the staff right here. So, all right, there's a rundown of some recruiting talk news visits coming up. Uh, if you guys got anything to throw in there in the mix, uh, what's got you excited excited for recruiting and what you've seen and what you've heard so far. Uh, and also, as I said, it was the uh, last couple of episodes of Gators Breakdown. What uh, what do you like about the offense? What you like about the defense uh, that we've discussed the last couple of weeks? So everybody, don't be shy. Hop in here. Plenty of you in here to, to hop on and talk, ask questions, comment, and all that good stuff there. All right. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bring Alan in here. Hey, Dave. I had a quick question about something you had said earlier regarding the yeah, media availability at practices. Um, so mm-hmm. in that brief period of time, I mean, is there anything that as media members that you guys would be able to, to maybe notice or see or evaluate that would give any kind of indication of the difference between, you know, the previous staff's uh, coaching abilities and practice versus this one's? Um. Now, the way I understood it, Alan, is we may get different portions of practice on certain days. So it may not be just the first 15 minutes like a lot of it is. I think that will probably, probably be the majority of it because it's easier to kind of navigate the waters and, and get everybody in and out if it's just the first 15 minutes. But it, the way it sounded to me, and I'll have to ask this question, is that it does sound like we'll be able to get different 15-minute portions throughout the 14 uh, spring practices and then the 15th being the spring game, of course. So, um, yeah, it, it, you're right. It is a little tough to kind of gleam any difference from what we'll see from previous staff to, uh, to, to the current staff until we actually go and see it. I think uh, what portions will be open, I think we'll go a long way in maybe trying to see – uh, some of the differences there. Uh, maybe some type of – Alan, probably one of the first things I'll be looking for maybe is uh, uh, um, uh, physicality, just the parts. And I don't even know if we'll be available to see those parts, but in the limited time that they'll be able to actually hit and all that good stuff there, uh, they, that goes a long way in determining how physical a team is. Hopefully we get to see more of that. That would be something I'd, I'd like to see because that will be – that's pretty much a staple uh, under Billy Napier. There, there will be physical uh, practices to go along the way. That's something that I know that will be different from the previous staff. Hopefully we do get to see those. That would be something personally I'm looking for is the opportunities, hopefully, that we get to see – 
there will be some physicality that we actually do see some physicality between um, you know the, the players. You know, hopefully, in a safe form where there's not a whole lot of injuries. But hey, look, that's football, uh, and you, you got to take the good with the bad when it comes with practicing physicality because that's a mentality too. I think uh, eventually that crept into the team a bit the last couple of years. I think we saw it play that way, that saw it play out that way on the field. I'm hoping we do get to see some early signs of, hey, if there's one thing that's going to be different, at least personally for me, is some more physicality out there on the field. That makes sense. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, let's see. See Dave started a question here. I know he uh, he said he liked to listen to these spaces in on the mornings. Got that drive in Atlanta, so sports talk there, of course. Pro sports, probably more Georgia talk. That's why we have podcasts there, right? So a lot of uh, good stuff there. All right. But guys, yeah, hop in here. Plenty to plenty to talk about here. Charlie is hopping in. Let me get Charlie in here. Hey, Charlie. Hey, good morning, Dave. I, I don't know if it's just recency, like recency bias, but it just feels like recruiting is different this time around. I mean. Yeah, we're getting these guys on campus again, but it just feels different. Like, the vibe is different. Um, you know, Twitter is making it different. I, I guess that's just the point that I wanted to say. Yeah. And then I'm, I was also curious of how much AR is going to play during spring, if at all, um, with his injuries. Yeah, Charlie, that's a good uh, update there with spring practice starting, starting in 12 days now for Anthony Richardson – I know the plan for now is he he will probably be limited, but he is going to take part as much as he can in spring practice. So uh, I, look, I think he'll be limited just to be on the safe side, to be on the precaution side. Uh, and look, Billy Napier. While there were times the offense could run the quarterback, and the quarterback would have a lot of carries in the offense, there was only one year. I have to go back and look. I think there was only one year Levi Lewis had a hundred carries. Um, I, I was just looking at that for something else, and I put that mental note in my head. That could be completely wrong on that. So, look, I don't think – this is not a Dan Mullen quarterback run-heavy offense. Um, so, I think when you start looking at that, uh, it would be okay. Uh, we, we know Anthony Richardson can do that. There's no issue whatsoever about doing that. So, I think more of the passing concepts, just learning more of the offense, I think – from everything I've heard, Anthony Richardson will be able to take part in spring practice on a limited basis. I think if we probably had to put a number on it right now, what, 75, 80% uh, ready to go. And then as look, spring practice will last about a month, hopefully by the, the end of spring practice, he's closer to that 90%, closer to that 100%. But I expect him to be limited just as a precaution. Uh, no sense in getting hurt right now. He can still go through the motions uh, of a lot of what needs to be done in spring practice. Look, this is – Heavy install time. This is heavy learning about each other time. So, you know, I think uh, he'll need to hit that ground running in fall camp. But I think for even 
as much as he might be limited uh, this spring, I don't necessarily think it'll slow him down a whole lot just because of what spring practice really is really is about. So uh, I think we'll be okay there as far as uh, Anthony Richardson and you know going through the quarterback uh, part of spring practice. As far as you know, recruiting and the vibe. Look, a lot of that, of course, is just going to come with the newness of it. Of course, uh, everybody's excited, but look, it, it, it does feel different. It does look different. We've seen all the upgrades in the in the photos and the videos and and the lighting and all that kind of stuff that goes a long way. I've had those conversations with the guys who take those pictures and take those images and and all the kind of setups that they have for that. I'm like, look, man, even the fan base notices that <laughs> this type of stuff. It doesn't look great uh, all the time with just a plain white background and stuff. Look, those. Those are still in the mix, uh, of course. But you, those recruits love all the lights and the flashes and the and the uh, picture backdrops and stuff. All that stuff needed to be upgraded, and you've seen that already. And it's just a short amount of time. That stuff is different. It, it looks different now, and you see even the messages of recruits that look communication is much different, and there's more communication, not only just in the overall just number of it. Just the number of people also involved in a lot of these recruitments. And you're hearing from, you know, staffers that really will probably initiate the con the the, the contact, the the assistants, the analysts, and then the, the the coordinators and then Billy Napier himself. I mean, a lot of these recruits are sitting here talking to three, four people uh, on the on the staff right now. So that's a, another big difference. That's just a different strategy uh, that this staff has right now. So um yeah, it does feel different. It does look different. It's not by mistake. I don't think it's all that we're just looking for something different to compare to the previous staff. It really is different. Now, different doesn't mean it pays off. Different doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to start getting these five-star in-state recruits and these high four-star in-state recruits. It's still, We still have to see the payoff, but it certainly is different, and you certainly would expect it to pay off. Yeah, I totally agree, Dave. And one more question. Uh, I, I've noticed Emery's still on campus with him being at the basketball game. Yeah. Do we know anything that's going on with him? Is he going to change positions and stay on? Or, uh, you know, maybe get him out, I don't know, running back or something like that. I don't know. Now, as far as I know, Emory's going to be quarterback. He's going to go through the spring as quarterback. Now, look, he graduates in May. So that's one of from everything I've told, you know, one main reason he's still on the roster, still will go through spring. He'll be he'll be uh, graduating from the University of Florida in May. But with that, you know, why not go through spring practice? Maybe why not see if Billy Napier – look, it, don't, full discretion here. I expect Anthony Richardson to be the starter. If you ask me right now who's going to be the starter in the fall, you know, look, that's not breaking news. That's not going off on a limb. Every, pretty much every you know, 95% of Gator Nation – 95% of college football world out there probably thinks that. Uh, but, you know, we'll go through spring practice with Emory Jones and see if Billy Napier can unlock and, and get something that, you know, Dan Morgan couldn't get out of him last year. And for, and for Emory Jones himself, you know, why not? Why not take the chance? Why not go through spring practice uh, and, and, and see where you stand after that? If you don't like where you stand after that, there's still, still going to be not just Florida. There's still going to be a heavy transfer market after spring practice, where guys see where they stand after spring practice, where they think they are on the depth chart. If they don't like where they are on the depth chart, you're going to see another heavy influx of transfers. Uh, so I think, you know, um, Emory Jones likes Florida. Emory Jones is a Gator. Uh, he's a Gator through and through. 
it just may not work out. But he's got one more chance coming up this spring uh, to kind of see where he stands with this uh, this Gator this Gator offense. Does he want to go to maybe a smaller school and have a chance to start, or does he want to stick around and maybe have, uh, be in a backup role if it is to Anthony Richardson uh, there? So I think um, you know he likes being a Gator. He'll get that degree. He'll get that Florida degree. That means a whole lot. And then we'll, I think we'll see what happens, and we'll go from there. Fair enough. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. All right. I see. Uh, I see Adam McClint talking here, a college football professor. Uh, thanks for hopping in. Uh, Adam made some headways uh, this week. Probably uh, ticked off a lot of Georgia fans this week, of course, uh, by uh, naming Florida the, the the best staff in the East, at least you know for what a lot of data says, and uh, at least the, the on field portion of uh, uh comparing staffs right now so uh, uh <laughs> i know uh, adam we were sharing that on the gators breakdown plus uh discord there so of course um that got a lot of a lot of notice uh, there but thanks for hopping on uh, early, uh earlier a few months ago uh, on gators breakdown kind of discussed the billion acre staff and why he's so high on it uh they're using all that data uh that he can put together um so pretty pretty good stuff there as i said we knew we, knew, we know uh uh, Georgia fans weren't too happy uh, about that, but a lot of different staff members on that Georgia staff as well, with all the coaching changes there. Uh, but uh, Adam, there from uh, Matrix Analytical, um, but but that list out there um, with Florida, the best coaching staff uh, in the SEC East uh, right now, the way uh, that he sees it. So a lot to be excited for there when you start comparing all the. Uh, staff members and stuff. Look, it looks like Billy Napier is still, uh, of course, you know, making those uh, uh, assistant staff hires as well uh, as we get through here and building that army, uh, of course. And then, you know, Georgia is still um, will hire Stacey Serrells, Serrells, I forget how you say his last name, but as offensive line coach uh, there to take over from Matt Luke. Uh, so Georgia with a late coaching staff change uh, there. So what they lost, Lanning, they lost – um, some of the lower assistants there that he took with him. So we'll see where that goes um, uh, with Georgia and all their uh, coaching staff changes as they will look to defend that national championship. Ugh. That's just nasty to say. All right, been going about 30 minutes here. Can go for a few more minutes. Some of you guys want to hop in here, discuss a few things. I'll do a Gators Breakdown Plus episode probably this evening. Q&A session with those guys on Gators Breakdown Plus. A lot of good stuff that we'll talk about there. I got some really good questions uh, that I'll discuss there. So uh, Gators Breakdown Plus members, uh, we'll get that. But, yeah, a lot of recruiting calendar talk, uh, emphasis on offense or defense, rumblings of transfers. A lot of recruiting talk there as well for the Gators Breakdown Plus episode that I'll throw up tonight. So, guys, if you want even more Gators Breakdown content, you can get it right there. See Terrence in here. He, uh, won the Gators Breakdown Plus giveaway, uh, merch giveaway. I'm going to start doing that about once a month for Gators Breakdown Plus members. Um, 
go out there and choose one member a month. You can do a, you can go to GatorsBreakdownMerch.com. Choose what merch you want. I'll send it your way if you're drawn as the winner there. A lot of good stuff going on there. That Discord server. A lot of good conversation going on out throughout there today. Throughout the day. A lot of it mostly football, of course. That's just kind of the focus of Gators Breakdown. But we got recruiting talk. We got basketball, baseball talk. There's NFL room. There's gambling, video games, all kind of hobbies as well. Um, but a lot of stuff going on there at Gators Breakdown. Plus, you get all the, the plus is all those other rooms there, of course. More more football talk and uh, outside of football talk as well uh, going on there. But uh, let's see. Yeah, Adam just responded uh, to behind the scenes. He said, yeah, dog fans weren't thrilled uh, with his ranking there. And as he said, and look, we all know they don't have a bad staff. Look, they're, 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 most of that staff just was on the national championship staff, of course. He goes, but they can't lose Matt Luke Adai, Lanning, and others, and not expect to take a step back. So, look, a lot of Georgia fans, believe me, I I know them. You know, of course, you guys know every time, every time Florida Georgia comes up, or even outside of that, um, you know, I, I know a lot of Georgia fans. I grew up in Georgia. A lot of them weren't happy with uh, Stacy Searles as the offensive line coach replacement. So, you know, you can't can't have it both ways. You can't sit here and say, "Oh, well, we're not happy with that hire," and then. You know, not expect Florida staff to get some some notoriety at the same time. So, yeah, it'll be you know as long as Billy Napier's building this thing the right way. Hopefully, we're talking in the next couple of years of you know these staffs going back and forth at, at each other. And look, that happened a little bit, of course, under Dan Mullen and, and and Kirby Smart as well. We thought we were getting that set up for a long perennial top ten matchup between the two schools. Uh, but we also said at the same time, if recruiting wasn't going to be at the level it needed to be, then it was eventually going to play out the way it did play out. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Kirby Smart 3-1 and one, uh, over Florida in that period. So hopefully, hopefully that changes uh, all that. And, you know, of course, if you're going to start having success uh, like Georgia's having, you're going to start losing assistance. Those guys are going to go on to bigger jobs. Uh, we saw we, we see it all the time. You know, Nick Saban, that's why he's one of the best to do it. He's able to replace those guys year in and year out and still compete for SEC and national championships. Uh, will Kirby Smart be able to do the same thing at Georgia when he starts losing big-time assistance? Can he replace those guys with uh, – it looks like uh, a lot of people are making a joke now. He's, I believe, what, Mike Bobo is somewhere on staff as well uh, there at Georgia. So he kind of – a little bit of replication of uh, of of some Mark Rick staff, <laughs> they're coming up for Kirby Smart uh, there. But yeah, the, that culture, everything's much different than what it was in the Mark Rick. So Georgia, Georgia's not going anywhere, of course. But uh, as as uh, as as Adam said, expected to take a step back there with some of the staff that they lost. Kind of see what it means in big picture this season and for seasons to come for Georgia. That was an interesting conversation there. Um, I had on the Bill King show this week. Uh, he asked me when all the preseason magazines come out, and I kind of fast forwarded it a little bit to even SEC media days. What is the predictions going to look like for the SEC East? Because a lot of people are going to expect Florida to maybe struggle in the transition, probably a better team but a tough schedule, and you got to maybe account for a transition 
a first-year coach transition. Then you got Kentucky and losing their offensive coordinator. And then you got Tennessee, and Bill was like, Bill asked me, once we, when we get around to people making predictions, how likely is it? And he kind of said this, you know, for the, for the school that has beaten Florida, one, you know, two twice since the Ron Zook era, could Tennessee be the team that's picked second in the SEC East when we roll around the preseason magazine, we roll around the SEC media days? I think we can see it. I think it's going to be pretty split between Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee for that second spot behind Georgia. Georgia's going to be probably the runaway favorite because Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, maybe even South Carolina to an extent, maybe even Missouri to an extent because you know their recruiting class that they're bringing in. Uh, but Florida's still overall the second most talented team in the SEC East. So how will that weigh in some people's minds? But you start looking at that second spot behind Georgia, and you can make a case for Tennessee. You can make a case for Kentucky. You can make a case for Florida. You can make a case for maybe South Carolina because of maybe how they – Surprised a bit last year. Now Spencer Rattler's coming in at quarterback. And I think that second spot behind Georgia is going to be a hot topic conversation for the next months to come. You know, preseason magazines to be hitting shelves, what, uh, mid-May? I mean, so we got a few months for that. But I tell you what, I mean, that's going to be a heated debate, a heated conversation all the way. From I mean, I guess I'm starting it right now uh, from the question I was asking the Bill King show this week uh, to who's going to be in that second spot behind Georgia. So I think that would be a, a fascinating debate all throughout the summertime. I think we can have plenty of conversation about that coming up. But, yeah, think about that one for a little while. Well, of course, I think all of us, most of us in here will, will shift towards Florida a bit. Uh, but Florida probably has the hardest schedule out of the uh, out of the bunch, and then South Carolina's will be uh, very tough as well when they they play Texas A and M every year as well, and Clemson at the end of the year. Uh, but I'm just necessarily talking about you know we won't throw in Florida, Utah, we won't throw in South Carolina, Clemson those are out of state or out of conference games. Won't necessarily factor in to the SEC race, uh, but you know, they, South Carolina plays Texas A and M as well. They play them every year. Florida plays Texas A and M this year. Uh, as well. So you started to get some equality in the schedule uh, right there in between those two teams. So it'd be, it will be uh, pretty fascinating to watch the preseason prediction picks and how it all actually plays out. So I think uh, you know, for you know, Billy Napier walks into an improving Tennessee team, an improving South Carolina team, Kentucky, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if we'll say they're improving, but they're already at a level to where they're a threat. Yeah, so I think uh, pretty fascinating there uh, what Billy Napier walked into as far as, you know, when we were looking at Dan Mullen and what he walked into 2018, we already knew Georgia was there. Uh, you know, they were coming off of, of playing for a national championship in 2017. Uh, but, you know, Tennessee was still in disarray. South Carolina was nowhere near, you know, the, the, you weren't thinking about South Carolina as you were thinking about them right now coming off of a somewhat surprising year. Now Spencer Rattler at quarterback uh, there, Kentucky. You, until 2018, Kentucky was Kentucky. And then ever since that year, of course, we take them a bit more serious now uh, because of how tough they've played Florida. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Billy Napier is walking into an improving 
SEC East as well. So I think uh, a big-time storyline there. I, I'm looking forward to uh, covering the next few months is that second spot behind Georgia. And hopefully, hopefully we're not talking about that too long. Hopefully we're talking about, you know, that first spot <laughs> coming up in the next few years. Of, is it going to be Florida or Georgia? And hopefully we're just saying – well, who's gonna be? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be second behind Florida? Hopefully, that's the conversation we're having in coming years. But stir on that one for a while, guys. Let me know uh, what you think. I'll post this one on YouTube. Let me know in the comments what you think uh, about that when this gets posted there. Uh, we can share your thoughts on Twitter as well as we're having this conversation right here on Twitter Spaces. But yeah. Lot to uh, lot to digest with that one. Yeah, but if you haven't done so yet, go check out the last couple episodes of Gators Breakdown. Napier's offense, Tony's defense uh, discussed there. For Napier's offense, a lot of the you know running the ball, physical style of play, eleven sets, twelve personnel, the use of two tight ends. A lot of motion, trying to telegraph, trying to make the defense telegraph how they're going to play you. As far as Tony defense, simulated pressures, creepers, we go into all that. What does that mean? About his, about his defense. Sorry, somebody sent a message there. But, yeah, a lot of deep dive into Billy Napier's offense. Patrick Tony's defense. Key takeaway there for Tony's defense, and if you've done your own little research there, uh, with that kind of creeper talk, the simulated pressure is, most of the time he's only bringing four. You just don't know which four. That's kind of the thought of simulated pressure. You don't leave yourself exposed on the back end by bringing too much pressure. There. Let's bring... Ryan in here. Hi, Ryan. You're in here now. Just unmute your mic. Hey, Dave. How you doing? First time, long time. Hey, man. Thanks for uh, hopping in. Hey, real quick. Question for you. Uh, Does Napier's offense have the pizzazz to attract some of these uh, higher-rated quarterbacks coming out. I might be in the minority here. I don't feel like the future quarterback for the Gators is on this roster right now. Are we going to be in one of those situations where every year we're trying to bring, bring in one of these transfer guys, or do we actually have a legitimate shot at the, the Dante Moores or the the bigger names coming out this year? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I don't think, and I've even said this too, um, and I don't think it's a hit on Billy Napier. It's just, you know, that style of offense at Louisiana, I, I don't know how much it's going to impress an Arch Manning or a Moore or or Vizina out there. I think that's going to have to be their job of really selling that uh, as a, as these visits happen. And that's, look, that's what recruiters do. You know, you sell a vision. So that's what you've got to be able to do. Uh, but if he's not, you know, I think a lot of it will come out of this first year and, and what he's able to show on the field a bit uh, as well. I think um, not necessarily sure he had the ability 
uh, with Levi Lewis to go. I mean, Levi Lewis did do it a couple, a few times. You know, go out there and throw for over 300 yards if, if need be. And I think that's what Billy Napier's offense is going to be. He wants to be he wants to be able to go throw for 300 yards if he has to. I don't necessarily think that'll be a week in and week out thing, but he wants that to be uh, of course part of the offense if he has to go do it. Uh, I think you know we'll see that 55 percent run more often than not. Uh, but we'll just have to see if he has the ability. Uh, and be able to recruit to the ability of being able to go out there and throw for 350 yards if need be. So, Ryan, it's a good question. I, I I don't know if there's enough from the Louisiana side to sit there and sell. So you're going to have to sell a vision. I mean, we're, we see it in the recruiting uh, there of the quarterbacks he is going after. He's not just going after, you know, big body quarterbacks that, uh, you know, maybe you would say more of a dual threat or maybe – quote-unquote, a running quarterback. But I, I think he wants to go out there and recruit a quarterback that can make every throw on the field uh, as well. And I think that's what we're seeing from some of these early returns on who he's going to you know, recruit as quarterback. So, right, I, I do agree. Well, I think we'll have to see how he sells that vision because I think when you turn on the film, uh, of course, he's – he, he can sell that vision much better than I can. I think there's, there'll be certain things he can show and say, hey, we want to – Here's a certain play. We couldn't do this enough with some of the talent we had, but if you're the guy, I can do this type of play. I can do this type of set more often if you're the guy back there behind center. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. Yeah, good question there. I mean, that has that has come up a bit. You know, what have we seen from Napier's offense to to be able to to sell? Because I look, I think it's the easy sell for offensive linemen for. Of course, the talent you were able to acquire at Louisiana and the number of offensive linemen that he's been able to put in the league and will put in the league, of, of course, with Osiris Torrance uh, coming over from Louisiana and at Florida. I mean, Osiris Torrance could have went and been drafted in the NFL this year if he wanted to. Comes to Florida uh, there, so offensive linemen is a position that I think you could already recruit for with, towards running back the same way there under Billy Napier. But if you stay, yeah, Ryan's point is you start looking at some of these high-profile quarterbacks, what have we seen so far that Billy Napier can sell to those guys? And, you know, what vision can you sell of what maybe is to come if a, he gets a guy like that? Can he sell that vision? Hey, if you if you come here, this is what we can do. So interesting storyline there as far as uh, recruiting aspect and recruiting the most important position in football and maybe all the sports is that quarterback position and some of these big, big names that are out there from Florida that they're hopefully going to be in the mix for. All right, guys. If nobody else is going to hop in here, I'll call that for this one. Like I said, I'll try and do this a bit more, uh, these Twitter spaces, as – Recruiting comes about, recruiting calendar stacks up, spring practice on the horizon, talk about a little bit more pure football there. But, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this era underway, as I said. Now, real football coming up in a couple of weeks, if you want to call spring football. But it's at least we get to talk about something on the field. So I guess I'll – I guess I guess I'll uh, I guess say it like that. So for for a lot of people, spring football is not real football. But at least we get some we get some helmets on, some pads on, and we get uh, some on field action instead of 
just really talking about that kind of stuff. We actually get to see it with our eyes a bit. All right, that'll do it for this Twitter Spaces. Check out Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. If you want to support what we do even more, you can join Gators Breakdown Plus. A lot of fun that we're having there. Talking Gators sports, talking Gators football even more. So, all right, that'll do it. I am David Waters. Catch you guys on the next episode of Gators Breakdown on Twitter, on Gators Breakdown Plus, wherever you want to find me. You can find me all of those places. Thanks, guys.